What's up, Bitcoiners? This is David Zell with Bitcoin Magazine with an emergency podcast. I just spoke with Representative Warren Davidson. Those of you listening may know Representative Davidson as being one of Bitcoin's staunchest advocates in Washington, D.C. He was at our conference in Miami, and I sat down with him today to talk quickly about what is going on with the bipartisan infrastructure bill in the Senate trying to get an additional $28 billion in tax revenue out of our fledgling industry. Warren Davidson lays it out simple, explains just how horrible the language in this bill is, how detrimental it may be to both the Bitcoin world and the broader American economy, and tells you, the people, what you can do to help. You will not want to miss this. All right, Mr. Davidson, good morning. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, morning, David. Good to see you. All right. So I know you are busy and I will try to keep this as brief as possible. Yeah, okay. Great to talk with you, though. All right. Thanks. So what is going on with the language around crypto taxation in the infrastructure bill? Yeah, you think an infrastructure bill, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that, well, how's crypto going to wind up in this bill? Uh, and you know, of course, there are a lot of folks working on their own infrastructure, but that's private sector investment. Um, the government uh, it really doesn't need to be doing what they're trying to do with this bill. Uh, they basically decided we're going to try to tax crypto uh, more than what you're already taxing it. It's already an obligation to report you know, gains and losses on crypto when you fill out your tax returns. But uh, they they scored this bill to say we're going to find an additional twenty eight billion dollars by driving a reporting requirement. Now the language is very sloppy in it, um, and so uh, it literally the, you would report to the IRS not just gains and losses, but essentially any activity um, that you would you know, let's say you make mining equipment and you sold a you know a mining server. Uh, to somebody, you would have to track and report that. You would have to if you delivered the if you delivered the package that had the mining equipment in it. If you make hardware wallets, I mean everything that you think of, um, you would have a reporting requirement uh, to to uh, the treasury. So uh, they believe that because they would track all this information, that the federal government would collect an additional twenty eight billion dollars in tax revenue. But because it's not defined, really not even constrained. On, on who would have to report under this. Uh, they could have put any number on it because it's just kind of a phantom number. Uh, and so that's how some of this language winds, winds up in there. And so who put the language in? The Treasury Department did. Uh, and that, that should concern us because at, just at the end of the last year, Treasury was essentially trying to kill uh, you know, personal wallets, digital wallets. So why is it important that we use precise language in bills like these, you know, distinguishing between miners and wallets? Um, you know, what, what, is, what is it about this bill that really concerns you? Is it the vagueness of the language? Well, I, there's no tax bill that I like uh, currently, <laughs> unless we're repealing the 16th Amendment. I'd be really excited about that tax bill. But, um, uh, and, and as much as I don't like the tax part of it, the biggest thing I don't like about the 16th Amendment uh, it created the income tax. And in order to create the income tax, the government just has to know too much about you. 
it really is not the government's business as to whether you got paid or you ended up paying somebody. Did you buy or sell something, gain or lose money? Well, this extends that logic, uh, you know, way beyond just collecting taxes. It collects all kinds of information. Uh, and if you applied that uh, kind of sloppy language, you would literally have to report everybody that you paid money to. Like, did you pay somebody in cash? Who did you pay? You paid some kid to mow your grass? Oh, you better report that. I mean, literally every kind of transaction that you would get involved in in crypto would generate a reporting requirement. I mean, there's no easy way to comply with that. So either this language was um, skillfully crafted to completely nuke crypto in America, uh, or it was willfully ignorant. I mean, you'd have to work hard to be that ignorant about how much collateral damage this kind of sloppy language would cause. And because Treasury drafted the language, I suspect that it was skillfully crafted to target the whole sector, which benefits a lot of folks, but most importantly, benefits big banks. So this is a big bank protection act, in my view. Well, in, in our view, not only does it benefit big banks, but you know this technology is some of the most revolutionary that we've seen since the internet. And countries across the world are racing to develop you know, blockchain technology to integrate Bitcoin into their existing lives. Does this concern you from a competition and a competitiveness standpoint? Are you worried that compliance costs and the vagueness of the bill may harm American innovation? Harm it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, the amount of collateral damage this would cause to fintech in America, particularly, you know, crypto, not just in the payment system, but everything you would move on a blockchain, any of the, I mean, we are barely scratching the surface on the number of use cases uh, for distributed ledger technology. Uh, and it, it, it's like the very, very early days of the internet. I mean, we haven't, you know, 30 plus years into the internet in America, we have not, for the consumer, uh, we have not tapped all of the use cases. So we're barely at the surface of the use cases in, in blockchain. And it, it is really going to cripple growth and development. And if you go back to, you know, we talk a lot about Section 230. Uh, this goes back to uh, the, the uh, 1990s bill that helped facilitate the growth and flourishing of the Internet. And what did they do? They broadly provided an exemption from liability for Internet companies uh, for what their users do on the Internet. This is the exact opposite. It, it completely makes everyone who touches blockchain technology liable for what everybody else does. Uh, it, you should be going the direction that you went with 230, learn from it because it's not a perfect, uh, perfect law by any means. But instead of that, this is putting more, uh, more of a burden on anyone that touches anything related to crypto, anything related to blockchain, anything related to distributed ledger technology uh, than biggest banks have for transferring money. And that, that uh, really should shock people. In order to benefit those folks, uh, you're willing to crush fintech in the United States. America's led uh, you know, with the industrial revolution. We led with the automobile. We led with aviation and aerospace. We led with the internet. And now we're going to abandon the fintech revolution. I mean, this is crazy to me. Um, and, and that shows how far gone uh, the thinking and logic is here in the Capitol, uh, you know, on a lot of policies. I mean, this is just one example of just really, really bad policy uh, making its way into an infrastructure bill. 
not going through normal committee, not having the kind of debate that you should have with people that understand the policy. And, and I wish I could give the benefit of the doubt because I think Treasury understands what they did here. Yeah. So what would your message be to your colleagues who, you know, you said maybe part of this is deliberate. Some of this is willful ignorance. Some of this is just plain old regular ignorance. For your colleagues who may not have skin in the game, uh, who don't know much about this and are just seeing it as uh, applying the rules fairly to the crypto industry, what would your message be to, to those colleagues who see this and kind of shrug their shoulders? Yeah, this is not applying the rules fairly to crypto. This is applying more burden on crypto than anything related to the current financial sector. So this is an early stage sector. Normally, you at least provide some sort of regulatory sandbox to see it develop and flourish. It has developed and flourished, uh, and it's it's developing at a much faster rate outside the United States than it is in the United States. That is not in America's best interest. Uh, if you want to protect America's best interest, you don't kill this market. You let it flourish in America. And just in one example uh, that I've used lately, FTX uh, has done really well as an exchange. Uh, and, but they have done it because they based the main product outside the United States. They have a scaled down version available for Americans. We should be figuring out how do we get our regulatory clarity such that there's one FTX platform and Americans can use the full service of it and comply with our laws for sure. But our laws have been structured in a way where there's just no way to comply with them. And this makes it even worse. So quickly tell us what is going on, uh, in the House, where are we in the progress of this bill? Uh, how scared should we be? How much time is there to change it? Uh, what's the sentiment that you're getting from your colleagues in the House? Well, on the Senate side, that's where they negotiated the language. And, you know, unfortunately, my senator, Senator Rob Portman, uh, who is not running for reelection, uh, put his language into this, put this language in this bill. Uh, and it was kind of a kind of handshake agreement. And then the staff starts drafting it. So the drafting language is, is, is what we're looking at. You know, I think what's been made public is, is a rough draft. Um, it's not uncommon at all that, that uh, there's modifications to that language. So you could tighten it up and be very specific and limit this to only the kinds of things that the current financial sector has, or maybe even more narrow uh, for, for an early stage fintech sector. Um, it's possible to do that. And then uh, as you look at what's going on in the House, um, the House in theory could amend the bill for any number of reasons, um, but that opens up a, a big challenge because Democrats don't really have the votes. So then the question is, do we have a bipartisan coalition that could move an infrastructure package through the House the same way the Senate did? Um, we've been told that Speaker Pelosi isn't even remotely interested in that. Um, she wants to put this spending bill through concurrently with a three and a half trillion dollar uh, funding bill. So it'd be 4.7, you know, massive uh, extra spending and be super partisan on the House, which will make it hard to even get the whole thing through the Senate. So uh, there's a lot of negotiation going on in the House. Uh, if we could get a clean vote on infrastructure, in theory, the House could pass a different version or amend the House version and then put it back in the Senate to do it. it could, you could ping pong on this all day um, until you finally get something that both the House and Senate agree on and the president's willing to sign. Um, so that's possible. And it's possible it could just die because we don't have the votes in the House. 
All right. And so what can Bitcoiners watching this uh, from their homes do about this? Should they be calling? What should they do? Uh, yeah, I mean, call your senators, call your your members of Congress, let them know how bad this language would be for, you know, for you personally, for, you know, your district, for your state, and, and frankly, for America, for American innova innovation. And tell people just, look, if you don't understand it, take the time to understand it, because there are real consequences uh, for passing bills and laws about things you don't understand. Uh, and, and so this is just one of many bad things in the bill. I mean, no bill comes through perfect. This is a little less perfect than lots of them. Um, but nevertheless, there might be a way uh, to get this as to, a, to a bipartisan bill in the House. It would probably look a little different than its current form. This is one thing, for example, I wouldn't be able to get on board with if it came over to the House. Uh, but there are others. Um, it's, not, it's not really funded. And it is a broader definition of infrastructure. So at the end of the day, an infrastructure bill is going to have to be about infrastructure, uh, not crypto. But you see how, you know, things that are even uh, not particularly on the menu get caught up in the soup. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can get it across the finish line. But just reach out, meet with, call, email. But, but phone calls really do jam the phone lines. People hearing from you in big numbers uh, really does influence, uh, you know, what people pay attention to in in the House and the Senate. All right. Well, thank you so much, Representative Davidson, for all you're doing for Bitcoin uh, up in Washington. Uh, I know it's not the most fun place in the world to be, and I can tell uh, it frustrates you uh, with stuff like this. We are really, really grateful to have you in the position you're in doing the work you're doing. So thank you. Uh, thanks for that. It's an honor to be here. But yeah, you know, it's... Um... It's definitely frustrating. I mean, this is stuff we've worked on, tried to get uh, the regulatory clarity now for, I've been in Congress five years and worked on it for that long. Uh, so you think slow and steady, but sometimes you have these bursts. So maybe we'll get a breakthrough somewhere in there and get a whole lot done. But right now, a whole lot of bad things could get done. So it is important that people engage with Congress and in the White House. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll let you get back to uh, saving the world up there, Representative <laughs> Davidson. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Dave. All right. Bye-bye. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research. Music